Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, listeners. <laughs> listeners. Listeners, we that really. That sounds like a good uh, character voice you could do. It is. I it's can't very wait for sensual. you to have like a baby so you can make little character Bam. voices to them and then haunt them. Bam. Hello, baby. I'm going to eat your feet. And then the baby like, cries and is terrified. Can you please? So, like, you like try to put the baby in Let the me do my job. Sorry. Hey, listeners. Ben and I missed the fuck out of y'all, and we are going to talk about all of the drama that has been our lives for the past two weeks, but we missed y'all. Happy New Year. Want to take a a hot little minute at the top of the show to remind you to join our Patreon. Nope. No. No. White man. You will not. I'm speaking. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. God, our country. Uh, Yes, I wanted to remind everybody to join our Patreon. You will find the link to the Patreon in the episode show notes. Let's welcome two friends to the party. Patrons, I'm going to post a little just one-on-one personal video with y'all this week because I I really have missed y'all. I need to connect with y'all. We just, you know, we took the break. We took the holiday and a bitch is pregnant. But I do miss y'all. Want to shout out two patrons who recently joined the party really quickly. That's Rise Talks for the Tax Pro. Sounds like money to me. Thank you, Rise Talks, because I also see you interacting with the content on the YouTube and things like that. So shout out to Rise Talks for the Tax Pro. We will probably connect sometime in the new year. And also, Candice Ken. Thank you so much for joining, Candice. Because we've been dropping the ball left and right, we're going to do our book giveaway next Tuesday. Okay, friends? I think that's the 11th. So we're going to do that next Tuesday. Now... Oh, yeah. Last reminder, join our Patreon. You will find that in the show notes. Now, let's get started with the show. Who are you on one today? Let me get this out, whore. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Sci under the Believe Podcast Network. It's a podcast about black science fiction and fantasy and staying on the same page of our marriage. The same page. You hear that, Ben? Because you're on a different page right now. Today, for episode 66, we will be recapping Imago, okay? That is book three of Lilith's Brood. I know, it's been damn five damn weeks since we've been reading this book but I promise you we're going to recap that and we're also just going to talk about the holidays and how much we missed (coughs) y'all speaking that is a great segue to what we've been going through because guess who got COVID I got COVID I got COVID We both got coronavirus 2019. Yes, we did. In so 2021. In 20 and now damn 22. Um, we have since recovered, but we both have those lingering sexy little COVID coughs. Um, but people, you know, stay safe. We it was very emotional at first because obviously I'm pregnant. You're and, emotional. And I am very dramatic, if you know anything about me. Uh but Which is good. You can't make decisions without emotions. Right. And you can't make decisions (laughs) at all. So we are feeling much better now. We do have that like lingering cough. We are double vaxxed and boosted and all the things. I mean, if they told me like, hey, bitch, in order to keep this virus out of your system, you'll turn green at the end of the week. I'd be like, cool, let's let's go money green. But I, you know, we just got caught up in these streets. So everything's fine. Our health is doing better. I would listen. Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. that that. 
I think I think people understood. They they smelled what I was stepping in. But we were in Georgia for the past two weeks, uh, you know, curing ourselves, having a nice little drive-through baby shower. Ben, why don't you uh, just talk about how you feel because we just got in maybe two hours ago. Um, how you feeling? Little, I, I'm good. I feel physically great. Uh, we didn't really have any problems. Um, you did. We did have a taco. Fight. We had a taco fight in our brand new car, y'all. Yeah. Oh, we got a car, y'all. Yeah, Damn. yes, we got a car. Ben surprised me with a car. I'll I did post that surprise on you with a car. Uh, I bought you some Christmas gifts um, because I was sick, and so I forgot to buy them for you. Yeah, but then I bought them, so you'll get them in February. This is really a step up because our very first Christmas, you bought me a Starbucks gift card. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now Ben is it was, doing and the, a Red Lobster gift card. I think. And or red maybe that was for your lobster. birthday. I don't yes, remember. yes, you. Well, you know she loves her gift cards but damn well it was like gonna be like it's like I'm were these re-gifts no it wasn't i just was poor and i wanted i know you you had said that you grew up going to red lobster well stop being poor i just <laughs> i think i i too proved that we were broke as as our delicacy was the, the local red lobster anyway but you know what i feel ben, great. i i i can i received that and also i remember at the time uh, Red Lobster was in vogue because like Beyonce's, Beyonce's formation yeah. had yeah. recently dropped. So the Red Lobster was fun. But when you gave me like a $10 Starbucks gift card for Christmas, I was like, I would have rather us try out something new in the bedroom than you gift me so, probably something that one of your students gave you. But we have grown since. I, think, I surprised yeah. Ben with something too. I don't want to completely spoil it because we're going to show y'all on our YouTube. But if you're mm-hmm. watching our current YouTube, you can see some of it behind him yeah. on our walls. It's uh, really great. Yeah. But I, I just want to give y'all a, a, a warning that you might hear a little tickle in the throat every tickle, now and then yeah. as we record. But yeah, that's why, that's legitimately why we couldn't record because Ben was dog sick after the booster shot. Um, I had like toddler COVID. I'll say I had a runny nose. Ben had I lost taste. Ben had motherfucking uh, COVID. Uh, was a divorcee with two kids. Had just filed for bankruptcy. Struggling down, alcoholism. Struggling yes, with alcoholism. Ben had full blown COVID. Two thousand nineteen. Um. So I'm glad you. <clears throat> oh, there you go. <clears throat> I'm glad you're feeling better, my love. Yeah, how are you feeling? I'm great. We did have a taco fight. Why oh, don't yeah. we tell the people about our taco fight? Well, I I was driving and I asked you to hand me the taco and you were trying to feed it to me and I was like, no, you oh, can wait, just let hand me, it to me. Can I clarify something? I know I yeah. just cut you off, but I want to confirm we have had two separate taco fights. So one taco fight we had were authentic tacos where Ben didn't buy enough tacos. Then today we had a taco fight at the Taco Bell. Go ahead. Well, that was a joke. Like the authentic, I basically is it a order. joke that you only bought three tacos between the two of us? That's not yeah, a joke but, to me. But this, you are, we were legitimately angry at each other, and we had to pull over, and yeah. tears were shed, and then we apologized. We're like, I don't know what happened, but basically, I, I think it was like you were trying to feed me the taco as you were driving because you can't when you take one hand off the wheel, it's fucking yeah. chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to, you know maneuver anyway and i was like no just and then i was like no put it in my hand and i got like really mad that's not all you said you were cussing at me okay yeah and then i cussed and then and then then you threw the taco at me while i was driving period toxic (laughs) 
Toxic like, Bell. That, like, that need to be the new name of the restaurant. Bell. Toxic Bell. I mean, we shouldn't have been eating Taco Bell anyway. That shit is awful. It's horse meat. It's retired it racing horses that they chop up. It's they delicious put a, to and me. they put them in, on a Dorito shell. They put and them it's like great. they Fargo that shit. You ever watch Fargo? No, Francis I don't need to McDormand. know. Anyway. I don't think I saw that, but I don't. She need won to know. Best Actress for it in 1997. Her. Love her more of a reason to support Taco Bell. But anyway, there's a great scene where someone gets shoved through a wood chipper. So they actually do that with Damn, the horses. Spoiler. And they shove the horses through a wood chipper. That's how they grind the meat. However, they get that it, is baby. a lie. I'm gonna eat it, baby. That's a lie. I hope you understand. That's a joke. Anyway, I was like, what the f- like f- you? Yeah, I it was very. I used really inappropriate words. But mm-hmm. I had now, to pull over. He didn't call me the N word or nothing like that. No, I'm no, sure no. people think like when we get really heated, you take it there. But no, it. Yeah. I mean, I, we would. Get I mean, you take it there. You call me. Oh, Benjamin James. No, the fuck I don't. You call me not the N word, but you say in, inappropriate words to me. I called you a fucking asshole today. Mm-hmm. That's yep. how is that race related? Asshole knows no race. Oh no no yeah no I I, I don't know what I, I'm tired. Um, but I'm saying you, you, you can, you can, you, you know, some really good words to just zing at me. You yeah. Know. I call you like a nincompoop. Yeah. A, an ingrate, an imbecile. <laughs> but y- y- yeah. Anyway. I, we uh, should not be calling each other names at all. We should not. This is why we're not going to ever write a, a freaking like marriage self-help book. Yeah. No. Because I mean, you know, Ben, <clears throat> We don't know. You might not know, but some some black tea recently was that like this very incredible couple who was like very faith based and loving, making good and divine Franklin for those of y'all who know the story. Um, they they are recently they were married for like nine years and are now getting a divorce. I mean, I'll tell you, they wrote books. They talked about like how so they faith and marriage. They had a whole brand on, on based marriage. on their marriage, and it is really sad to see like you like. When two like beautiful black people break up, it, it is it's a blow to the community, but it's also like now that's why the fuck you don't write self help well, books you sh- if you only you been married fa- or that or that and don't be but a Christian. Christ can't. Christ is dead. He can't save your marriage. <sighs> Christ wasn't was what even I was married, saying, y'all. That was not what I was saying, listeners. That's what Ben was saying. Ben be on his own, but I, I I don't fully believe that. I think two people can have faith in their relationship and be faith-based and like sure it yeah. can totally thrive yeah don't 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 do it like that because you know your parents and mine are both big in the church yeah and they they still marry all i'm saying is i think it's in when people our age write self-help books and stuff on marriage on marriage on anything like Fucking even one marriage. of my line sisters at one point sorry if you're listening but like she wrote a book about like overcoming resilience and I was like, what is this about? And it was like, it was ultimately a book about how she failed the bar exam the first time. And then the second time she, it was self-published. And I was like, <laughs> like, of, of course, when it was coming out, I would never like comment on her Instagram or anything like, bitch, what is this? But I was thinking like, now you damn 25 years old. You don't need, you ain't even been through no shit yet. Is that mean? I mean, failing the bar exam is a hard. That's <laughs> just a well. Struggle. She failed it the first time, and then passed it the second time. Oh, so she wrote a book about overcame. like overcoming. I was like, Damn. girl, that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I actually have a serious problem what? with with what you're bringing up. So recently, we watched a bunch of uh, Sailing Tampa. 
Yes, we did. What you got a problem about? I have a about? serious problem with you. About to get dragged. I know. I don't I know. have the same problem as you. I have a serious. So there's this idea. You might have heard of it. There was a woman called Kimberly Crenshaw. She was a lawyer. Uh, she, I think she was. Where was she at? The article was published in the Chicago like Law Review, I think, or it was <laughs> sh- uh, by a Chicago publisher, you Chicago publisher. But I think she was at Harvard. Anyway, she. Uh, the story goes is she was going to go into a she was going to be a lawyer she was going to walk into this like club and her friend who was a black man said you can't go in there and she's like why and she's a black woman Kimberly Crenshaw and he's like oh because you're a woman and it wasn't because she was black so she had to go in their back to enter into the into the you know this elite club do you, you know those clubs and in, in grad schools where you go, you drink like a secret society? Yeah, secret. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> like a fraternity. So anyway, almost. based on that, she writes this idea, comes up with the term intersectionality. Yes, yeah, yeah. which you, everybody, you everybody knows. This is not what but selling Tampa. I think is about. it is. I think it is important that you recognize this. Selling Tampa, like there's this really funny scene where they go and they see all these like very tell people what selling tampa even oh is. selling oh zoom yeah. out zoom out everybody well and selling I, I feel like sunset. Any... zoom out all right so selling sunset is about beautiful women all white women i think for uh for the most part for the most part all white women um being hired by these two like really sexy twins uh men to like sell houses and they use their sex appeal to sell houses that's okay. selling sunset Turn selling yep. tampa Million is about homes. um a Black uh, women of color. No, it's all black women. All black women. Yeah. 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 Uh, Selling houses and using their sexuality to sell houses. Correct. Totally fine. However, there is a scene that I just found incredibly laughable because they're selling like $50 million houses. And these houses are just destroying this idea of affordable housing. It's They're selling to the 1%. They're selling to people who literally make money off of sla- what I would call slavery, capitalistic slavery, American slavery, um, that continues to, to haunt our, our country today through inequitable wages, through prison labor. I, that is my argument, 100%. I'm a hardcore anti-capitalist. And, and at one point, like two of these characters, black women, are sort of sitting and talking amongst like this, uh, these murals of these like great, black thinkers american black thinkers and like mm-hmm. you know our our four our foremothers our forefathers fought for us you know to to do this and i was like come shut the fuck up like really really your your forefathers your foremothers their plan was for you to sell millions so black of people dollars can't build generational wealth either? no 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 what i'm saying so what you saying what Get i'm right saying now. is generational wealth this buying into this idea of generational wealth is so disgustingly capitalistic and destructive and will exact i you know i call it you know the orobos the uh, this idea of the snake eating its own tail it's just not sustainable it's not equitable it doesn't provide for the rest of society so i I hate you just so you don't have a problem with the I, I want to clarify. You don't have a problem with there being a black version of real estate sexy oh, I, 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 I selling care. million dollar homes. I don't care. You just hate the juxtaposition of them trying to show like 
black civil rights activism on a mural then cut scene it's them like, two at brunch yeah yeah or <clears throat> cut scenes like we're using black activists and our, our, the people who fought against slavery who fought against capitalism as their motivation to be hyper capitalistic i have a i have a serious problem with that i also have a problem with anybody using uh and you see this all the fucking time um where you someone on your soapbox today. But but you see someone you see someone using <laughs> their um their it's identity. Third wave feminism. They're like sex like their sex No, appeal. I don't I don't care. Use, use your okay. use your sex appeal to sell sell houses. Don't but don't say um, I have the problem if to say that these great American black American thinkers did this for you to take part in this capitalistic um, idea of selling millions and $50 million houses. Yeah, but do you have a problem with people saying like, or black people specifically, since this is who this is about, do you have a problem with me as a black person being like, yeah, my ancestors fought so that I can like create just like other influencers and tell my story authentically like other people. I'm going to say that... It depend. It depends how you do it. So I, I have, I have a serious problem when people use it. This is where intersectionality comes in, right? You have these identities that provide privilege and other identities that are oppressed. And so oftentimes, I what I see, and when I read, is that someone with an oppressed identity will often use that oppressive identity to take part and like are very capitalistic. For sure, society. but so you mostly just have a problem with it because of the class. I like have, if they were just making a, a livable wage, you wouldn't care. I mean, but since they're living I don't in luxury, even, you care. I don't even care about that. I don't even care about that. I you can go ahead and make your. So millions. why can't people use their ancestors' struggle as a motivation to like want to always make sure their because future is financially they secure? They are propelling that oppression. <laughs> like when you're selling fifty million dollar houses, you are oppressing other people. First There's, off, workers nobody are not sold being, a house this season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> first, of, first of all, nobody sold but, houses. But you're, you're not Second those workers all, who <clears throat> built those houses where that lumber came from. I, I mean, it's just are literally the way it's set up. Like it's inherently not equitable. It's not fair. No, I, it, I, I it, hear that, it's but it's built, like it's, and it's continued to build, be built on I, on the oppression of others. I hear that, but it's kind of like, so it's hard to hear that and hear you say, but I support reparations. Like, it's like, like, I totally get what you're saying, but I, one, love the show. It's, I mean, it's trash, it's scripted, but like, I love that I can watch a show where black people are partaking in wealth and turning up and having authentic conversations and going totally through fine. and going through struggles like bigger more real struggles than the the white version of the show i i actually but you don't yeah. like the like a, a exorbitant amounts of money part of it i think yeah any show or you don't like how beautiful that. they are like I'm, I'm i don't care i don't care the my i know that you don't like any show problem, that does it but you really press in this show it's like this. Well, this well, show. I mean, selling Sunset is just complete trash. Those people are just awful. Right. Well, who's the main character on the other one? Christine Quinn. Christine Quinn. I love her. Oh, she's a mess. Uh, she's a fucking mess. And I like that her. She comes from like playing in Piranha 3D. Like she was killed in Piranha 3D, or like she was killed in a movie. 
Like that she came from a dark, disturbing past. Was me, she she played okay. a fucking we're slasher off, films. That was tangent. her dark, disturbing past. And the Who Weekly totally read the shit out of her. I fucking I know, loved we already it. Talks about this, Ben. Let me ask you this: If these women were just making like a standard working class wage, would you still have a problem with it? I would because yes, where do you I, draw the line? I have, you have a problem with anybody I, using what they have, setting goals, and making money. I have a problem with generational wealth. I have a problem with people making millions of dollars. That's I, not what I just asked you. I have a problem. Uh, it, I know I have a problem with money in general. So if anybody makes any amount of money, you are upset. No, no. I hate, I don't Especially like it. people who have been oppressed. If they are making money, you are mad about no, it. No, I don't care. Go ahead and make your money, but don't pretend that you're that you making millions of dollars is some like ultimate goal. So you don't that, believe in reparations? Uh, let's yeah. What do you mean by reparations? Okay, R. Kelly. How, how much? How much? <laughs> uh, Define teenager. Uh, uh, yeah. What? Do you, yeah, what do you so, know what the fuck I'm talking about when I mean so, reparations? Yeah. So what do you mean like equitable uh, providing? Uh, like atoning for the just absolutely i believe in raping that. and pillaging and but stealing of black minds bodies ideas obviously and paying uh, people as a result of that pain Here, and suffering here's here's the thing as a star as a star trekkie i i want everything to move towards a post-scarcity post-scarcity um uh civilization right that and we have spoken from a true we have. I've the never had scarcity situation. Absolutely, like, that's the only. Well, the, that's the only why way. Why is it always the white people, people that are like, I just want everybody to live all, with the first. No, the, that's with first the, of all with a decent wage. It's like no, absolutely. That's not. easy for you to say. Absolutely not. It, many that whole idea of of uh, socialist thinking that you know the the first socialist thinkers in America for the most part, I, many of them, or even now the big socialist thinkers. Um, uh, are our black thinkers are black uh, yeah i'm not uh, anti-socialism i'm just saying like we're we're operating in a in a mindset where we're assuming like everybody started at the the starting line and that's not the case i'm not assuming that in the least so what so like start where we are now like what do you think needs to be done like I don't have Do the you, answer for you, that. I don't. But, so why are you down these beautiful black girls' throats about it? No, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. You just down. hate the backdrop. You just hate when it's juxtaposed so, so, to the activism. Yeah, like okay. I hate. I hate when I'm gonna uh, give you thirty more. Seconds. I hate when fucking TikTok stars. <clears throat> Do their dance video and say Black Lives Matter while drinking like and doing a Dunkin' Donuts I, I, I uh, advertising. That. That's that frustrates the shit. I agree out of with me. you, but it just it just felt very like when we were watching Selling Sunset and you coming in the room mad talking over the TV. It was like, what's your beef with this show? We just I watched the white version all fucking day. You well, the white shit. so the white version they weren't trying to and and I got just as mad as the white version when that you know when Christine Quinn. It was like, you know, I come from like oppression or I come from. No, she grew up in the fucking suburbs. She actually gra- okay, she okay. lied about graduating from high school. Anyway, I, I absolutely. I understand. I, when capitalism meets activism, I think we can both agree that it is in poor taste and it is not. It, it's in poor taste. I think, yes. And I and think. And it's unethical? Are you, is I would saying? say it's unethical, but I think what 
um, think what I tend to hone in on is when very wealthy people use um, their identity that's been oppressed to sort of mask all their wealth. Agreed. And I, I, I have I a problem with that. I, I think it would have been better received if that was your starting point. Yeah. But since your starting point, if, if you're still listening out there, we love you. <laughs> but if your starting point is here's my beef with all these black women and wanting to be wealthy. It's like, oh, Lord. No, yeah, that sounds awful. Yeah, like, um, I, I think setting the stage for, like, you okay? Yeah, itchy ear. Mm, interesting. Setting the stage for this, uh, when capitalism tries to meet activism, I, I agree, because it was in poor taste when Kendall Jenner did that Pepsi commercial. Oh, and yeah, it is, and, and And black people can do things and just because we have been oppressed i agree with you can still uh, use the oppressor's tool to perpetuate capitalism i agree with that yes yeah take that, a quick break yeah that's that's my main point and octavia butler actually writes about that in imago oh is that your segue yeah she does she absolutely addresses uh the people obtaining too much wealth people using plastics people Without literally, there's that whole scene in the second book we Mm -hmm. talked about where like, we know what we're making is harmful. We know that driving, you know, petroleum cars is harmful. I Um, I There's a great documentary called like, who, who, you know, who killed the electric car. I think it came out in like 2007 and talks about these, (laughs) the petroleum companies and these car companies literally killed the electric car. Until, you know, Tesla came. I hear you. It's just sometimes it's like life is so fucking hard. So it is very grounding for me. Not as somebody who has little to no generational wealth. <laughs> uh, closer, heavy on the no. Um, that, that's, a, that's a complete lie. I th- You have no idea. It, can I finish? What I'm, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, my I'm god, sorry. we are literally 25 minutes I'm into sorry. the show, and we have. I, I just you do have generational wealth. Your parents own a fucking house. Okay, sure. That's in, this that's, is they're that's, the first people. They own a house. Yeah, it, it is the start. I, I I think I'm confused about what. So so we we are wealthy because we own this condo. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I didn't Absolutely. know that. I I, I I looked at my bank account and I and that says different. But but per you, we are wealthy. We are very wealthy. We are very Ben, that is not true. Com- comparatively, you know, we're not making, you know, millions of dollars. Not we're not even, even making uh, six figures, but comparatively to the rest okay, of society. Okay, well we'll sell our house so we won't so we can live ethically. Give give all, all to the poor. To That's what say Jesus said. Is as an opre- as a person that sh- has many oppressed identities, intersectionality. It is helpful sometimes to give myself a mental break or a mental rest when I think about the the dreams of my ancestors that I am becoming. Mm-hmm. It is. It's like I just want to take a minute and get grounded and 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 find gratitude for the. The, the people that came before me that did the very hard manual labor, manual work, were never compensated for their time because I am now in a position to re- receive their gifts and to and to continue forward on this legacy of like black people having autonomy over their own outputs and building yeah. wealth. 
And and when somebody like you tries to be like, well, actually, you shouldn't be receiving any of that because all of this shit is capitalism. We should all burn it to the ground. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me just sh- shut up before I throw this taco in your face. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break. Well, hey, listeners. Now, I know you're probably listening to the Sci-Fi Side podcast on Apple or Spotify, maybe even Amazon Music. But now you can listen to this show and, <laughs> you know, your second favorite podcast on Vodacast. Yes, that's V-O-D-A-C-A-S-T. Voda, like Yoda. You can download the app free of charge and dive headfirst into an immersive digital experience. So check out Vodacast. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, and we're back. We're back. <laughs> you good? Yeah, you I, I went on a. I just get really passionate about economics and equitable, and and not race. Got it. And and race as well. I think, but they're both. They're you can't you can't have one without the other. But I or, smell what you're stepping in. Yeah, I just and I it know makes your heart me really. Too. I know, I know your heart. I just I want other people to know that like, you know, you don't hate thriving black women. <laughs> I and, and we and we don't know currently because I asked you, did you believe in reparations? Well, uh, when reparations are just like a payout or like just going to pay people money, mm-hmm. like that, there is no reparation that can actually provide what was actually done until until you have an, a, a complete overhaul of the American political system involving Correct. education, involving housing, involving, um, you know, uh, just resources Correct. in general. So like when you're like, oh, reparations, I often... You know, uh, Evanston has done a, a reparations. Chicago has done it in certain instances where you you basically pay out people who've been oppressed or beaten by the Chicago PD, um, Chicago Police Department. Really, really hor- horrific story involving that, uh, involving you know black sites, and and they just ended up like paying out the victims. Yeah, and that doesn't provide like Long-term. I mean you could they could use that money to get you know, therapy, they could use that money for education, but that doesn't really deal with the fact that the Chicago Police Department, first of all, they still stand behind this villainous man. I think his his name was John Burge. Um, They still, like, after they paid reparations, what was this, three years ago, the Chicago, um, you know, fraternity, the union, made a statement still supporting. So, like, reparations, I I think, is, like, fine, like, but... Something there's bigger. more. There, has to be there needs to be more systemic change, and it, and, and it can't mm-hmm. just be money. I wholeheartedly, and I'm hoping people are still listening to hear this part because I don't want anything that you say to be taken out of context. But context, but everything I hold, I, we say can be taken. Oh, out of context. period, period. <laughs> it has been. Trust me. I wholeheartedly believe what you just said and step by that because, and I'm going to tell you like just a, another little sidebar. Um, you know, I, I, w- I listened to this amazing podcast called Getting Grown, and it's two black women. And one of them works in higher ed. And they were discussing one day on the podcast about how, uh, you know, Beyonce and Jay-Z just paid scholarships to, like, you know, 10 students at the total, like, and said they would completely cover their college tuition. And, um, and that's great. But there needs to be an investment in like infrastructure on colleges if we want to like in HBCUs. I think this was all specifically like students that went to HBCUs. And it's like, well, that's going to help those 10 students not have student loan debt. But that money could have gone towards like library staff, new policies like. And so she was she was similarly arguing as far as like when you ask things like, well, what are reparations? She was arguing like we can't just throw like random amounts of dollars places like 
without first like we do need money in certain areas but like we need that sometimes investment in infrastructure is actually serving the community community more than it is like the end giving an individual, individual. five hundred dollars a week or whatever. I mean, we we kind of yeah. all saw that with the stimulus checks or whatever that were few and far between. You know, we got two checks all year, and eight hundred thousand Americans have still died from this virus. Yeah. Like, the, like how did that help in the grand scheme? I mean, I took my stimmy. You know what I'm saying? But like. I totally understand what you're saying. Um, huge change of gears really quickly. I did want to read one Apple podcast rating that we saw. There are some Apple podcast ratings that are waiting in the chamber. I just want to acknowledge that. And um, Ben is actually going to review a rating next week as well that had something specific to do with him. But we got one right here. So if you're that person and you know who I'm talking about, we got your back. We're going to address that. This one's just called Melanated Magic. I love this couple on TikTok and I absolutely adore their podcast. I hope you still I hope you still listening. I just finished reading the Venti trilogy and can't wait to start other recommendations. I haven't read or heard of yet. Great job on highlighting the melanated magic out there. Yes. Like mm-hmm. like I, Venti and Selling Sunset. Yeah, Venti and Uh Selling Tampa. Selling, Tampa. I, I did enjoy Selling Tampa. I just, I just had that one quibble. You enjoy seeing those beautiful women, and as did I. Uh, they but, were great. But you're correct. It, it's, it's sad that we live in a country where there are homeless people and people that live in seventy-five million dollar homes. Like I, yeah, I, I know, I know what you're that saying. That just makes me so angry. I it, yeah. see you. And uh, speaking of social change and activism through art. <laughs> which is not the, the what Selling Tampa did. Let's talk a little bit about Imago, the last book. Why don't you summarize it for people who honestly haven't been reading it or who read it three weeks ago with us? Yeah, Imago is the final book of this trilogy, uh, and it deals with um, the Onkali who have now allowed the third gender to be human, and so um, it, which they call the Uloi. And in any sort of... Um, you know, I guess pairing uh, between a, a you know a female and male. There's an uloi who sort of connects them and sort of reproduces with them. And the uloi are just like the the sup- I I mean, I don't want to say supreme gender, but their their abilities are pretty unique and their just abilities get the, to heal the best of both worlds. Yeah, they're yeah. So they're just really fantastic. So this deals with uh, the first human uh, uloi. And sort of his decision to uh, meet this uh, human civilization. I think it they're in Sao Paulo. I think maybe it's in. Uh, I'm I forgot exactly where it was, but uh, th- basically this Uloi encounters this group of humans that have you know hidden themselves from the Onkali and started to reproduce because of a genetic mutation. Because originally the Onkali had. Uh, essentially neutered and spayed all the humans or mm-hmm. made all of them so in- infertile. So is this alien race. And yeah, they were like, humans, y'all just been fucking everything up. Y'all fight too much. We're going to make y'all infertile. Just yeah. kill unless, yourselves out that way. Unless you join us and have and an mate u- with us. And mate with us and have an Uloi. So an Uloi, this Uloi, uh, human Uloi ends up connecting with these group of humans that have been born naturally and which is sort of the big twist in this book. And it sort of goes off from there. But yeah, so what you what you think about this book? Uh, this, I don't know. This book specifically, compared to the other 
to didn't captivate me as much. Maybe, you know, it was just a, a tired, some a trying to finish it thing. Um, <clears throat> but I really enjoy, of, of course, the story is still brilliant, but it just wasn't as like action packed as the other two books for me. This book was really just sort of uh, a keen whose name now is Jodas is really learning like, wow, I thought I've identified as male my whole life. And now that I have completely metamorphosed, I am a third gender. So I, I like learning about that. I think this book for me maybe would have been more impactful if I would have read it closer to its release date. But because we do live in this space now where I have non-binary friends and I, I have read more things about like two spirit and, you know, indigenous culture and things like that. It's, I I think it's not as shocking to us that this third gender is like alive and thriving. Um, maybe that sounds really stupid, but I don't know. I think, I think people in the eighties when this was released, were probably like clutching their pearls at the thought of like a third gender, but this to us, like the, the time spent on, Jodas, who is our main character, is sort of like grappling with the fact that they're a third gender wasn't as like shocking for me. But I do really enjoy the part where like now Jodas has like way more power and can be more fatal and has to be a lot more careful because it's like, I mean, I got I got the best of female and male parts. Like if somebody fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill them. So like like that was cool. I think this shows that transitioning from one gender to another is just a natural process. Right. Right. And normalizes it in a way that I, I still like haven't read. Like when I've read YA novels about trans kids, it's like about sort of, you know, this whole unique experience of like being trans and like, and, um, and sort of like, uh, almost, uh, what's the term? like fetishizing it like yeah, e- even books even even books that are mm-hmm. supportive of it and then also books that deal with like you know coming out as gay um not not all of them but some of them you know deal with like this coming out narrative as the narrative in and of itself and as the drama in and of itself mm-hmm. but the this in this book um the drama comes from not necessarily the transitioning like that's just a natural process right and the fact that octavia butler chooses to write it as a natural process and in in a very biological one and i think legitimizes very yes well not yeah it just legitimizes like a trans experience right and and it's a it's a it's different and i think there's a intense beauty to, to that where the the real drama comes when um well, maybe that now that you said it like that, that's what I was receiving. Yeah, I wasn't receiving this big transition and this big shock. It was like, oh, this this happened now. Yeah, you know, like maybe it was it was written that way intentionally, and that's how I received it. it like this isn't shocking. This is just yeah. like a part of this alien culture. I I remember reading uh, a book. I think it was called Boy Meets Boy, and it was it was written, you know, I think mid two thousands. And in that, it was like the first, I had read a couple of like coming out narratives, but this is the first one where it was not a coming out narrative. It was just, you know, uh, a, a love a love story between two boys. Mm-hmm. Like, and and, and um, 
And I think like there's a throwaway line in the book where like, yeah, some people in some schools have a problem with this, but that's never been a problem in our, our school. It was so it was almost like this book created this alternate world in which all gay kids were accepted. Yeah, like Shit's Creek. Shit's Creek. Or you know, Single Shits, All the Way, yeah, the yeah. gay so, Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think this is what, uh, at least among the, uh, you know, the construct humans and the humans who have integrated into the um, Onkali culture, the Uloi, the third gender, uh, is, is just automatically accepted, where the humans who are not part of that, they reject... Not just the third gender per se, but the alienness of the Onkali in general, and the construct humans in general, and the humans. Classic humans. Yeah, yeah very classic. everything. So, mm. so the drama comes, I think the drama was really relevant because basically when the, on, you know, the Onkali discovers. Like, wait a minute, group, y'all motherfuckers can have kids? Yeah, yeah but the, the fact that these kids that they have have yeah. serious genetic mutations. And why is that being? Because they're, you know, having sex with their sisters, their brothers, like, you know, mm-hmm. they're not very far away mm. in, in, as, you know, in the gene pool. And so, but they would rather do this for some of them. They would rather do this than to have any connection with the other. And I think that decision that people will go against their their own physical well-being because of some you know, political, spiritual <laughs> belief is very human, is very human, but <laughs> also very relevant for today. Yes. Right. And uh, and I think that w- what eventually sort of turns everyone over is that the Uloi, well, the deaths, but also the Uloi and it have a very immediate way of providing heal like healing. And yes. they also re- release pheromones that makes people more passive. Mm-hmm. Right, like you so. can't even help that you turned on by Ulo. You be like, ooh, yeah, you, know, you don't tamper with my my pheromones. Yeah, because uh, I remember, and and correct me if you didn't feel this or whatever, but and again, maybe it's written this way, but like I remember feeling, you know, disgusted. I too went through the human experience of like feeling grossed out by the Uloi, and I'm like the Ankali in general and be like, damn, if I was this person, like would I want to mate with this boy? Mm, because in my brain, it does feel like bestiality yeah. in some way. And then it takes you on a journey as a human. By the time you're at the third book, it's like, come on, let's fuck because I ain't fucking my brother and having kids with deformities. Yeah. Like, so it, it does a really great job of making you like hate the way that humans think about things. And then also reminding you like you are also human and you also have, would have these hesitations in mating with uh, an, like if an alien came to earth today and was like, you know, you and Ben can't have kids anymore. Y'all can only mate with us. I, I too would be like, hold the fuck up. Like there's yeah. no way, but well, the other thing is that the incest is not really a problem because, like, the if you have an Uloi, the Uloi can have a brother and sister mate. Right. And and that's, it's not incestuous because the Uloi can deal with any genetic mutation. But the problem is in this society, whether this only human, you know, society that has stayed hidden from the Uncali, is that there's no, no Uloi to sort of fix them or to deal with. Uh, not fix them, but to to heal them from any genetic mutation. Uh, so I, I think that's just like so brilliant because she is saying the incest is not the problem. It's the result of mm-hmm. incest 
that's the problem. So if that the result from incest is no longer a problem, then incest wouldn't be a problem. The reason that incest is taboo because of is because of genetic mutations. Get rid of the you mean genetic like in mutations. and out of this story. Yeah, yes. just in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to you know ask you about is um, you wanted. I'm wearing a shirt called Radical Inclusivity. Are you plugging that on our yeah. very capitalistic podcast? Because very... I don't think that those two things work together. Uh, so you want to talk <laughs> about this shirt? No. Yes, I do. Because so, you, you wanted to buy it. You're like, I want to buy me a shirt. I do. Well, we went to this um, new coffee shop in my hometown. My hometown is like coming up. Who knows? Gentrification. Who knows? Ben, ben obviously has me thinking about all the things. But the restaurant is called, uh, the coffee shop is called Biddy and Bo's. Um, it's in Athens, Georgia. And it is a restaurant that really highlights and focuses on people with disabilities, mostly physical disabilities, because the two, well, and mental disabilities, um, mm-hmm. the the owners of Biddy and Bo's have three children, one of which has autism, and then two of the other children have Down syndrome. And so this coffee shop really offers jobs to people who might also have autism, might also have Down syndrome. Um, So we just stopped in there to get like a smoothie and just like hang out and talk with another friend of mine, Crystal. And I was like, I want to buy a shirt. And I like really vibe with this this space's mission and things like that. And then we had a larger conversation later about like how everybody wants to be, you know, like the diverse is like everybody's buzzword. Diversity and inclusion is the buzzword of 2021, of course, Um, with, with businesses and people are like, well, we don't really, we don't specifically say that black people can't work here, whatever. We just, it's like, but, but you don't say, you know, so this this place black people are welcomed here yes you don't you don't say the word black here so what i really enjoyed about this place is they're like hey we are here to serve like this community with disabilities these are our workers these are our children this is our family and so i fucks with it yeah and the reason i brought it up is the onkali i think flirts with this idea of radical inclusivity right for example in the second book uh you're you're looking at a group of humans who said we do not want to mate with the Onkali. We want to just be humans. And the Onkali were like, all right, well, we'll set you up on Mars and you're going to live on Mars and humans are just going to have sex with humans. Right. And y'all are probably going to kill each other, but go ahead. But go ahead. Right. And, and uh, for example, uh, when humans, there's a, a scene, a really intense scene in the third book, Imago, where a human, like a, a very violent human, shoots and tries to kill somebody, and this violent human is not, you know, killed, is not put on the death penalty, but is still allowed to be human, just has to live on an Onkali ship, which is huge. It's massive. I mean, you could call that imprisonment, but it's this idea that I think. It's this idea that I think the Ankali do allow p- humans to be humans, but at the same time, like, they take cancer and they heal it, but then they also use it. So I, I keep on thinking, like, how, and, you know, Octavia Butler didn't address this, but how would they deal with Down syndrome? Would they heal mm. humans with Down syndrome? Yeah. You know, That's would they... With or with a, autism. With autism. And one of the, you know, <laughs> you know, I took the science fiction class and 
in college, which introduced me to science fiction. Kevin Pinkham, huge, awesome, like influence in my life. Great dude, Doctor Kevin Kevin Pinkham. But he uh, gave us a book called, uh, I think it was called The Speed of Dark, right? You know, and it's about a, um, it's not science fiction until the last like 20 pages, but those last 20 pages blows your fucking mind. So it's huge spoiler alert. If you don't want to, you know, uh, know the ending, it's uh, The Speed of Dark, great book by Elizabeth Moon, who writes mostly like space odyssey, space um, travel science fiction, a space opera science fiction. And she wrote this book where the only thing science fiction about it is that there's a cure for autism at the end of the book. And the main character uh, is an, an autistic worker who works for this company. And then the company says, well, to be more productive, we've you know created this cure. And that character's sh- shift between you know, the 140 pages or, you know, 160 pages of the book and the last 40 pages of the book is jarring. And if you found a cure for autism, how that would radically change the person. And essentially, her point like is that... the movie we just saw, the Ron's Gone Wrong. Oh, yeah, Ron, Ron's, Ron's Gone Wrong, which is, I think, really just a metaphor for autism. Yes. It's sure. a great science fiction um uh, kids movie I love it like absolutely go see it. it's on Disney plus I'll but, put all these recommendations in there these are not black authors or yeah, yeah but, we'll, but we'll drop them but like, I, I think right like how would the Uncali deal with that I mean they're radically inclusive to some extent but I think that I think they would be they would tr- you know radically change um yeah I don't I don't think they would be as radically inclusive as we make them to be I think they would really just break it down to what are the skill sets. I think they would be very analytical about it. Yeah. So they would say, Agreed. like, are your autistic humans, what are their outputs? If they're not outputting, which which might be a, a huge difference between, like, someone who has Down syndrome and some someone who has autism. Right. But I think they would literally just look at, like, who's well, killing here? Yeah, and the reason they came to Earth was to get cancer. Right. That was their number one reason. Before yeah. that, they couldn't help people grow limbs back. They couldn't help people grow any, uh, yeah. regrow things. Cancer was the number one thing I that mean, they I, needed from the humans. That was like the biggest it, thing. They did try to fix a lot of physical... Yeah, it's a lot of physical disabilities. And there was a, a character in this chapter of the book that had like a, a nub for a leg and they grew it back or something. Yeah. So if you're thinking about like, would they make a person in a wheelchair walk? The answer is yes. So... yeah. I, I think they would well because there's all these like really intimate scenes where uh, the Uloi touches somebody and can feel every genetic part of them, every DNA, and that's mm-hmm. how they sense them and feel them and is, turn them on and, and turn them on, right? And so I think were, the, were there some scenes where you got like a little bit horny with the yeah, it was, was like, like it was like watching ooh, an octopus move, yes. Yeah. The undulating. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Oh my god. Remember when we tried to watch my octopus teacher? And it was just an octopus and a man. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't wait to learn like the deeper meaning of this octopus connection with this with this filmmaker. And I was like, at one point we looked at each other where we're like Ben was like, we, it's just him and his octopus. Yeah, we I need think like that is the movie. I was like with for our documentaries, we're like very much into human connection. We don't really yes. care about the animal world so much. I mean I do. <laughs> We love our documentaries, but I and think our dog. I thought I really thought. I mean, we gave it thirty minutes, and, yeah. and then we were like, 
oh, oh, it really is just him connecting with this Octopus, which is beautiful, but I ain't trying to watch that right now. I thought yeah. this was like going to be some larger seaspiracy, save the planet type. I don't know. It, it, could, it still could I, happen. But I think oftentimes uh, those personal stories, like those very intimate stories, tend to have much more macrocosmic uh, meaning. They do. Right? They when, do. But I just... We couldn't. It, yeah. it it felt very National Geographic, which is also beautiful. But it was like I'm not I I'm not trying to do that right now. Uh, I mean, it's apparently amazing, and yeah. so we should watch the rest of it. Maybe we'll do it. I don't know, but we're yeah, not. we have it was so many it was sort of a movies. yeah. Well, we don't. We're, we're, not. we're not. But too we bad. did finish Lilith's Brew. We did as we wrap yeah. up our show here. Me for the second time. Yeah. You for the second time. Yeah. Um. We learned that. Uh, we are turned on by Octopussy uh, as we read this book. Yeah, and Tentacle we thought, sex. and we we did have a little moment where we we're like, should we stop eating octopus? I mean, you know, I ain't eating anything raw right yeah, now. Yeah, we're yeah, we've yeah. I don't know. I I'm, I well, really want to get there, but I'm also a the young colleague. They don't eat meat. Like when uh, right, they're like, they're very damn. much anti meat. They eat everything like vegetables and. I don't discriminate. Like, I don't mind eating at a vegan restaurant. Like, as long as things are seasoned well or whatever. Like, you know, my, my father only eats very heavily salted porks and meats. Where, and I'm not like that. Like, I, I just need things to crunch. You know me. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm easy. I'm uh, easy like Sunday morning. I do want to yeah end with, like, this last, uh, you know, fun information. So, basically, uh, I think it took about maybe 13 years. I think it took about 13 years uh, from when, um, you know, it was 10 years. It was 10 years. So basically Octavia Butler, I think, dies in 2007. 10 years later, uh, all her papers are saved by, I think, Huntington University. And so recently, I think within the past five years, Octavia um, Butler's studies um, has just exploded. You yeah. know, and so there's lots of lots of great books coming out, but uh, and re- one of them uh, was written by a white dude, uh, Gary uh, Car- uh, Canavan, uh, which I really enjoyed. It's uh, from Modern Masters of Science Fiction. That was really good. And then also, I'm confused about how something she wrote came from him. Could you run that by me one more time? Uh, so basically, all her yeah yeah uh, understood. So Huntington University basically. Coll- collected all her papers okay and they ended up coming with um i think uh it was about 386 boxes of like just scraps or you know unpublished manuscripts or first drafts you know Mm. and so that was sort of put together and so all these (laughs) books are now coming out scholars are writing like really detailed books being like you know, she, um, you know, wrote a, uh, a third book. Uh, there was a parable of the sower and the parable of the talents. And there was a third book that was unpublished. Okay. And, and you could read that. You can go to this university. You can access it. And so Gary uh, Can- um, Canavan wrote a book for the uh, Modern Masters yeah. of Science Fiction, sort of looking through all this really, really good. Um, there's an interview he did with Wired that I, I really enjoyed. Uh, but then also um, Adrian Marie Brown, a uh, black woman who sort her. of, mm-hmm. yeah, she's fantastic. But she's sort of created almost a religion mm-hmm. from uh, Oct- Octavia Butler's uh, works. And so all this is just coming out. 
and um and and because she saved everything like in the interview i listened with uh and gary uh canavan is you know he said he say you know basically she said everything and i just My girl, everything i can relate I know, and I, I save freaking... I save everything as well. So yeah, I wish we need to save more things digitally. Yeah, we can. But but I I, I love that. yeah, just piles and piles of stuff. Um, but uh, you know, it just it, it really made me think about um, you know, it it took them ten years to get this stuff together, you know, and it it just it's fascinating, like when you know, Salinger dies or when white authors die, like people have already been working on this. So the fact that her work wasn't really available until 10 years after her death is like very just baffling. Racist. It's racist is the word. And Amber and I, um, yesterday, you know, when we came back, we broke up our trip. And before we left, we watched a great documentary called The Two Killings of Sam Cooke. Mm -hmm. And... In oh, that, stuff. it was so good. But one of the most, I think, disturbing facts of that is that he recorded um, a Chain live show. Call. Oh, sorry. Go at at the at uh, in Harlem, nineteen sixty three, and because his you know producers thought it was like too black, it was in front of a black audience. They didn't publish it until you know twenty five years later, you know, which is just the idea of like suppressing black people's work it's just over coming over and over again and i think the way you get around that is that you 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 have black artists you celebrate black artists but then you also have black producers you have black yep. publishing companies black people behind the camera editing. yeah yeah so i don't know just something to to think about and i think it's so cool with what you're doing amber because you're like you know i'm going to be my own producer you're both the creator it's cool until we start making money what do you mean? Hashtag selling Tampa. And with that being said, Ben, why don't you warp up the show? No, I think. Okay. No. <laughs> no. You're not going to warp up the show? No, because I don't make your money, Amber. Mm-hmm. But also, like, fight for justice at the same time. And don't mask. And not in mask, the same video. And don't, yes. Correct. And don't fucking mask your wealth or your, your success with, like, this is what Black Lives Matter mean. Like, no, I got you, and and you don't do that. You're not you're not the selling Tampa girls, women. I should say that's sexist of me. Uh, I, do I wish I was? That's a different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> then, with that being said, why don't you warp up the show? All right. In conclusion, Octavia Butler is a DD of immortality and we should scratch the whole bible and just start using her works to ethically live our lives oh i love that yeah thanks ben thank you so much for listening to another episode of the sci-fi side podcast up next we are watching a movie we about to do a lot of watching y'all because we put you through the ringer with all the books uh for the past month so we are going to be watching the Waterman on netflix it has been or it is directed by david oyelowo okay so be sure to watch the Waterman on netflix and we will see y'all next week for the show i promise then we will also do our patreon book giveaway we'll see y'all then bye y'all Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.